Welcome to another edition of the Green Beige Podcast. As always, that is AJ. He's the green. I'm Ken. I'm the beige. And this is episode... Thank you for being here with us, episode of the Green Beige Podcast. As always, we have some interesting stuff to get into. But before we do, AJ, how are you doing, my friend? I'm all right, man. I'm good. Uh, let me not say I'm all right. I'm good. I am good. You know? Um, as usual, there's a weather to deal with across here, but <laughs> weather's so bipolar, no pun intended. But you know, you know how it goes. It is true. I mean, at least we here in Colorado, we're getting some good weather today. It was up in the mid-70s. It was nice and comfortable when they had to go bring in the garbage bin. I didn't have to put on long pants. So that felt that felt <laughs> really that's a, that's a win for you, boy. That is a win for you. <laughs> yes, it is indeed. <laughs> So today, on today's episode, we have a few things that we're going to talk about. Um, of course, you know, we're going to have That's What He Said. Um, that went really well last week, so we're going to do that again. Um, before we go off the rip, you now there was some breaking news today. The NFL, they announced that they expect that all of the stadiums are going to have full capacity for this upcoming season. Right now, we have 30 teams that have been given the okay to have full capacity. And right now, they're working on the Indianapolis Colts and the Denver Broncos to also have full capacity. And of course, with the OTAs, the official team activities starting this week, for most of the teams, they're also looking at having a lot of the fans come out and you know watch the OTAs as they have been able to do in the past. So that is good news for all of us fans. Those of you who are here in the U.S. and want to take in the game, chances are you'll be able to do so. And of course, you know this is also as a result of a lot of people getting vaccinated. So while we're not telling you what to think about the vaccines, at least the vaccines are helping us get back to some level of normalcy. So... AJ, off the rip today, we are looking at Julio Jones. Now, we did speak about Julio at some point in the past, but Julio is back on our radar because Uncle Shannon Sharp decided to give Julio a call during the live airing of Undisputed and asked Julio, if he was coming back to the Falcons, to which Julio said, nah, I'm out of there. So, out of there. Out of there. So, AJ, I, to me, I feel like if there's a lot to unpack about this entire situation, I'm going to give you first crack at this. So, Julio announcing out undisputed that he's out of Atlanta. Your thoughts? So, like you said, we mentioned, we've spoken about Julio already, right? And, and I don't know if you recall, but... A, some weeks ago when the draft was coming around. I, 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 I don't know if you remember me saying this, but I told you, I, I feel like Atlanta are going to take Kyle Pitts and then Julio is going to be out the door, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I always felt like this was coming, so I'm not surprised. And even to hear him saying it, I mean, the absolution with which he said it is, is, is very damning, I mean, for the Falcons. But I think, I feel like all parties involved know that this was coming. Mm-hmm. All, they, they knew. The Falcons knew, which is why they drafted Kyle Pitts. They knew. Yeah, because you're going to get Julio off the books and you have a, a young um, receiving core there already to work with. I I wasn't surprised. I mean, it was funny to hear the way he 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 said it <laughs> on the phone with, 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 with Unc. 
but I, I, I wasn't surprised. Or it, it's, it's, it's not much of a revelation to me. I, I just expected this to happen. It's about time. I, I think enough time has has um, has lapsed. Where I, I think Julio, Julio, for want of a better term, has run his course in Atlanta. It's time for them to to, to part ways. For Julio to go on and do his thing, um, and find a better team, find a better team. And yeah, and for the Falcons to move forward in whatever way, shape, or form that they intend to do so. They still ain't going to win the division, but hey. <laughs> well, for me, it was interesting. No, the, like I said, there was a lot to unpack. No, the first thing was Shannon Sharp deciding to call Julio in the middle of the show. In the, in the middle of the show. And there's a lot of speculation as to if Julio even knew that he was on air at the time or not. It seems like if there's some sort of some sort of law out in California that you can't really do that kind of thing, you can't just put somebody on national television without their knowledge and their say so. So if he was if he did know or if he didn't know, that is for them to work out. I am not speculating on that at all. However, the the funniest part of the who to tell somebody, well, that is if you don't understand the dynamic of um, Undisputed was Shannon asking Julio if he was going to go to the Cowboys. And yeah. Julio was like, nah, I'm not going to not going to Dallas. Not going to the Cowboys at all. No. Let's put this thing into proper perspective. The Cowboys don't have a need at wide receiver. So why, why would they want Julio in the first place? There are lots of other teams that will be more interested in his services, but Julio says that his most important thing, his most important focus at this point, is winning. Except that Julio doesn't have a no-trade clause. So in the past, he would have found himself traded to the Browns, but they're not going to... Well, they may decide to trade him to the Browns if the Browns were to come calling, but yeah, well, I mean, you already know that that according to reports, Atlanta don't want to trade him in the in the NFC, which is expected, right? So, mm-hmm. it's expected, and I know he would not. I'm pretty sure he would not mind staying in the division. He would not mind trading in that 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 dirty birds jersey and putting on maybe something that is you know black and gold. It would look good on him. It would look good on him. It would look great on him. He would would fit in so well on the Saints because we do have a bit of a need at our receiver. However, Mm. we don't have the money to pay. And the money, as you may mention of the time, the timing of this is important because June 1st is around the corner. And if the Falcons were to get rid of Julio before June 1st, he would count $23.5 million to the cap, but they say $15 million after June 1st. So he'll just, you know, he'll just be on ice until June 1st. And then as soon as June 1st comes, we'll probably hear where Julio is going. More development, yeah. Now, speaking of wide receivers who <laughs> are on the move, more or less, Marquise Lee. No, AJ. <laughs> I understand your reaction towards one Marquis Lee because your guys paid Marquis Lee last season. Marquis Lee started the year as a New England Patriot and then opted out because of COVID. 
And you guys released him in March. And Marquis Lee signed with the San Francisco 49ers only to get cut four days later. So, AJ, what do you have to say about Mr. Lee? I, I kid you not. I even forgot this guy was, was supposed to be on our roster last year. <laughs> I, I, I'm, it's, it's, I mean, there's no disrespect, but I just... I never rated the guy highly. He's 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 a he's like a two or three, a two B or three or something like that. He's he's definitely not a one. And so I mean, and and don't get me wrong, I I I have no issue with any player who opted opted out last year because of of the COVID situation, right? I completely mm-hmm. get that. So this is not a knock on anyone due to that, but uh, it's Marquis Lee. I mean, and. Be, before us, he was it was it was Jacksonville. He was at where, where was yes, he? It was Jacksonville. There mm-hmm. we go. All right. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I just don't have much to say. I mean, I, I like I said, I, I honestly forgot he was supposed to be on our roster last year. Um, when I saw that that we cut him earlier on earlier on this year, I was like, okay, it seems to make sense. Um, him getting picked up by the Niners. I, it never felt long term to me. I, I don't know. I, this this really could be to me signaling the end of his time in the league. I'm 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 pretty sure he might get picked up somewhere else, but at this point, I feel like he's going to be more of a journeyman than anything. I I don't see Marquis Lee like locking down uh, a spot, uh, a roster spot in a team going forward. Like not not with any sort of consistency. Well, I don't really have a lot to say about Marquis Lee either. I mean, he's been out of the league. He's been out of the league for more than a year. And he wasn't exactly setting the league on fire before he decided that he was going to take the hiatus because of COVID. So, so far in his career, he has 174 catches for 2,184 yards and eight touchdowns in 59 games. Marquise Lee has been in the league since 2014. That's not a lot of games. That's not a lot of yards. It's definitely not a lot of touchdowns for someone who will be heading into year seven this year or in year six, seeing as though he was out a year before. So we wish you all the best, Mr. Lee. We hope you will find some employment somewhere. Um, that's that's pretty much all we can say. Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. All right. So now we move on from the wide receivers to talk a, a little bit about some quarterbacks. So, um, AJ, I don't know if you saw, but um, Kenny Mayne from ESPN, he is moving on. And on his last show, he had... a a bit of an interview, a short discourse, a little back and forth with Aaron Rodgers, who has maintained that he wants out of Green Bay. And Aaron Rodgers has also, you know, he's come out and said that, you know, it's not about Jordan Love, which I thought was a little interesting. So I know you've also seen and heard the latest Rodgers news. What do you make of all of this? Uh, no real surprise to me. Again, it, it feels like, like uh, again, we go back to this term, the, the, the absolution that 
that Arrogis came out with and, and basically um, his, the intent of him saying that, yeah, he wants out of this organization, it, it just felt very matter of fact and very absolute. Like, this is it. This is the end. So um, I, I, and even in our discussions before, I feel like we both said like it, 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 it just feels like the end. Like, like he, he's going to hold on to his word. Like he really doesn't want to be back at this organization. So um, the fact that he is making these statements out, no, like in, in the public, in, in, in the media, I, it, it doesn't surprise me. Again, this is, this is kind of like a chuckle to me because I, I, I would really like to see where he ends up. I, I just, I'm not surprised by it though. I, it, it seemed to have gotten to this stage and I can't feel sorry for the Packers. I, 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 I mean, um, I do appreciate the fact that he did say that he has no problem with Jordan Love. And I, I mean, he shouldn't, right? Jordan Love was put in a position where he was just drafted. This is not his fault by any, in, in, in any way, shape or form. But yeah, I, I, I could understand him being uh, um, basically thrown off with how the organization um, is being handled. Even Gutenkus apparently came out and said that he admitted that he should have done a better job in communicating with Aaron Rodgers. So at this point, it just seems like it's, it's, it's beyond, the relationship is beyond repair. So no surprise here. Let me see where this might end up next season. Well, what is, what is no surprise? And one of the articles that I read, they said that it would have been a greater surprise if he had turned up rather than mm -hmm. not turning up, is that he's not turned up for the OTAs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And at this point, <clears throat> it is important to know that the OTAs are voluntary. Players do not have to show for OTAs. It is not going to hamper them in any way in terms of the funds that they're earning or their contracts or accruing another year towards free agency. He can stay home and just, you know, do whatever he feels like and not show up for OTAs. Now, one of the things that we have to wait and see is when we get to the point of mandatory training camp, if you show, because for every week that or every day that he does not show, there are fines that are accrued. And I, well, as well as with the other quarterback, the next quarterback we're about to mention very shortly, if they don't turn up and they're fined, there is some wrinkle now in the CBA where those fines can't be waived because in the past we've had players who have skipped out on training camp, not shown, been fined some ridiculous sum of money for every day that they don't turn up. And then when they turn up, it's like, oh, okay, you're here now. So, you know, that fine stuff is just... Forget about it, you know. We'll just put that behind us because you are here. So now we have to wait and see when he's actually going to show up. Now, Kenny Mayne asked Aaron Rodgers, are you demanding a trade? And he said, when, with my situation, look, it's never been about the draft pick picking Jordan. I love Jordan. He's a great kid. A lot of fun to work together. I love the coaching staff. I love my teammates. I love the fan base in Green Bay. It's been an incredible 16 years. You know who he didn't say that he loved? The front office. And you know who's one of the head people that we keep hearing that he wants out of the front office? Same name you just called, Mr. Gutenkunst. And he, it seems like if he also has something against the, the GM of the team, 
Um, I think his name is Ball. He has a problem with him as well. Aaron Rodgers is just all the way disgruntled, and he wants to be gone. So, Green Bay, I hope you figure out a way to make this work for you. Because the last thing you want is to either have a pissed off Aaron Rodgers turn up and try to sink the ship. Because if he sinks the ship and you get rid of him midseason, he'll still get his play regardless of wherever he goes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. at this point, we still keep hearing that Jordan Love is not ready. So, yeah, it's about, it's, it is gone past time for them to figure out exactly what they're going to do. So the second quarterback is no stranger to the show. I mean, we talk about it. We've talked about him for the majority of the summer, or at least for the majority of the offseason, and then things have gone a little quiet for him. This is one Mr. Deshaun Watson, who also does not plan to turn up for the OTAs. And the biggest news that came out recently for Deshaun is that he is not scheduled to be deposed. Now, for those who have not been paying attention and may have just you know, emerged from a cave after being in there since January, Deshaun Watson has been accused by 22 women of sexual impropriety. All of these women are massage therapists. And at this point, we still don't know who to believe because nothing has really come out. Things went quiet. And during the time that they went quiet, people were believing or thinking that there's a possibility that there may have been some settlement negotiations happening happening in the background. Because obviously, if Deshaun Watson wants to play football, you know, he needs to find a way to make this go away. But his attorney has said that he is not negotiating any settlements with anybody. So this is going to run for some time yet. And Deshaun... Well, his future is still up in the air. So with this latest news on Deshaun Watson, AJ, what is your what's your most recent take? Um I I don't know. I I I just always kind of um feel like staying a bit tight lipped on this because because of how this situation is unfolding. Um there's just a lot there's there's always a lot to unpack here and and it's always like a uh for want of a better phrase he said versus she said kind of kind of situation um so with that latest development no i mean it 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 makes it even more interesting what is going to happen to his happen to his nfl career for this upcoming season especially um yeah, because I, I, up, up to now, the NFL hasn't taken any action against him uh, with regards to, like, um, banning him or, or anything like that. So it, it just remains to be seen what will happen. Uh, again, I'm, I, I just kind of look at this situation as it unfolds. I don't necessarily have, a, 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 like, a firm grasp on, on, on whatever is happening. It, 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 this is just, like, take it as it comes for me. Um, but it, I mean, with everything that's going on on the legal side, like I said, I, I am, I am more intrigued as to how the NFL now is going to deal with this situation, with him as a as an indie, as a player. Understood. So the one of the interesting things that 
came out though well there was just this conversation about him and these lawsuits and, and everything is that the trade market that we thought had cooled all the way off apparently is not quite gone for Deshaun. There are still teams who are monitoring his situation and waiting to see exactly how this all shakes out. And if it shakes out positively for him, I guess you could say for them, then his trade market may increase again. There are teams out there who are not satisfied with their starters. So, I mean, only time will tell, as always. It feels like if I say that, about pretty much everything. I can't wait until we get some football so I can start saying time will tell and time will have told <laughs> and we will have some other stuff to talk about. All right, so no, AJ. No, this week we don't have our usual fun of who do you trust. This week we are going to spend our time looking at that's what he said. In this case, is that's what they said. And they, in this instance, is pro football focus. Pro football focus, as most people would know and would be aware of, they do a very good job of ranking and reviewing and previewing the teams, the players in the NFL and their different positions. Pro football focus has released their rankings in my opinion, they're way too early rankings, mm. <laughs> of the 32 quarterbacks starting in the NFL. AJ, have you heard or seen these rankings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the first time I saw them was actually watching um, the herd falling forward, and he pulled them up. And um, yeah, it was um, <laughs> it was interesting, yeah. So, just to give the folks a very, very quick rundown so that you know what we're talking about, the top 20 quarterbacks, according to the Pro Football Focus folks, number one, Patrick Mahomes, no surprise, Tom Brady, number two, Aaron Rodgers, three, Russell Wilson, four, Deshaun Watson, five, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Matt Ryan, Baker Mayfield, those are our top 10. 11 to 20 are Matthew Stafford, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Justin Herbert, Ben Roethlisberger at 16, Colin Murray, Joe Burrow, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Daniel Jones. They have Trevor Lawrence ranked 21st, Justin Fields ranked 25th. So AJ, I think this is the best place to start. Do you agree with these rankings? So... <clears throat> The, uh, I, now you know I'm I, I'm an advocate for my guy Baker Mayfield, right? Yes. I'm always on here defending the guy when when as much as I possibly can. However, in the interest of fairness, I was very shocked to see that Baker was at number ten. I'll be very honest with you. That that was the first thing that caught my eye. I was like, what? I, as much as I like Baker, I don't think he's a he's top ten. In the NFL, and the fact that following him immediately following him is Matt Stafford. Nah, I I I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't I do not understand that. There's no way I'm going to have Baker Mayfield in my top ten ahead of Matthew Stafford at least. And this is just one name I, I, I I'll call for right now, right? But just just in in terms of career wise and everything, like I 
even even after last year, I don't understand how. Like I I I really want to see the metric for this. You know, I how they come up with these, how they come up with with, with these rankings. I Baker at ten is a no. Nah. Um. In in and uh, in in one of our other chats, you recall there was some. Um, it was a, a, a an individual who was disgruntled saying that Matt, Matt Ryan was a bit too high as well. I have no problem with Matt being in the top ten. I actually completely agree with that. I I take no issue with that. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I have in in terms of yeah, in terms of yeah, in this league, Matt Ryan top ten in the league. Yeah, I I, I have no I have no problem with that. Take no exception to that. But Baker Carrano that top ten for me. I would I would put Matthew Stafford there ahead of him. To be very honest. So it's interesting. It's very, very interesting for me that you put your first emphasis, your first surprise at Baker Mayfield at 10. Because as you said, you are the Baker Mayfield apologist. Now, for me, the, the greatest surprise was not even that Baker Mayfield was at 10. I was, if I, right, I'll focus on the top 10 first. I do not have Tom Brady as number two, as the second best quarterback in the league. Mm. Not anymore. Tom Brady being placed at number two, to me, feels like this is a this is a reward for longevity and your past success. But we're projecting what Tom Brady is going to look like in the 2021 season. There is no way Tom Brady is going to be the second best quarterback in the NFL. Tom Brady was not the second best quarterback last season and he just won the Super Bowl. So on what basis are we putting Brady at number two? I also was surprised to see Baker at number 10. That is too high for me as well. They have Deshaun Watson in at number five, even though he may not play one snap of football this entire season. So I can understand that maybe they're, they're saying that all things being considered, you would expect Deshaun Watson to be the fifth best quarterback in the league. No problem. However, then Lamar Jackson, to me, needs to be higher. Mm. You can't have Deshaun at five and Lamar at eight. Those two things don't attract either. So for me, that is that is interesting. Then I move into from I, I go from 10, I look at that list now from 11 to 20, right? Like you, I believe that Matthew Stafford should be higher. Ryan Tannehill at 12, all right, I don't have a problem with that. Kirk Cousins at 14, way too high. Nobody is betting <laughs> on Kirk Cousins to be this fantastic quarterback, except for those folks in Minnesota for this coming season. So Kirk Cousins at 14, no, definitely not. 15 for Justin Herbert, who's now going into his sophomore season, is also too high. Yes, he looked good last season, but we've seen players and we've seen quarterbacks look good in their openings in their first year in the league, and then they drop off in the second. So I need to see more before I put Justin Herbert as a top 15 quarterback in the league. Ben Roethlisberger, at this point, no, it's like you have to look and see who has not, which teams are not here and which quarterbacks aren't there as well. 
I can't put Big Ben over Kyler Murray. Joe Burrow is also too high. Fitzpatrick, I'm not sure. Daniel Jones. All of those four names to me fall within the 20 to 30 range. Even 20, let's say 20 to 27. Not 11 to 20. But you will have to tell me how you feel about that portion of the list. So, um, yeah. So, since you touched on that, let me pay you back off of that. The Calamari one, too, is, is one I agree with. Calamari is way too low for me. Uh, to, to be below Ben and Justin Herbert. And, and, and I agree with your analysis of what you just said about Justin Herbert. I, it's basically the same thing for me. Like, yes, he had a very good rookie season, but we need to see a, a bit more so far. I do not know if, based on last season alone, that I would have him ahead of Justin Herbert, that is, ahead of Kyler Murray. I, for damn sure, I'm putting Ben Roethlisberger ahead of Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, sorry. For sure. For sure not. So, I, for me, the 17 for Kyler is, is a bit low. Like I said, I, um, well, one of the, the, the first changes I would make is, is Matthew Stafford going into that top 10, Baker coming out. <clears throat> sorry, but I would honestly have Kyler a bit high, like right, just, if anything, just outside of that top 10. I mean, like 12, 13, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. um, that was the most egregious one to me. Uh, with, with the others, I get what you're saying as well. You know how I feel about Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, so. <laughs> but um, yeah, the, 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 the most egregious spot to me in, in that 11 to 20 range is Kyler Murray being at 17 behind Ben and Justin Herbert and Kirk Cousins and, and Derek. I mean, no disrespect to Derek Carr, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know if, 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 if I've seen anything since Kylo was in the league that suggested me that, that Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Kyler Murray. I don't know if I've, see, if I've seen that. I don't know. Kyler Murray should be right outside that top 10 for me. 12, so maybe so what's interesting about Derek Carr, as you may mention of him, I'm here looking at the list on the Pro Football Focus website, and it said that Derek Carr finished 2020 with the eighth best Pro Football Focus passing grade and more than doubled his big-time throws from the previous season. He also engineered the only meaningful loss the Chiefs experienced during the regular season. Carr and the Raiders finished that game with 265 yards on six explosive pass plays of 15 plus yards so i honestly don't have a problem necessarily with Kerr being 13 him being in the top half of the league i don't have an issue with necessarily but a lot of those others i i, I take exception to so for the purposes no of the rest of this discussion I'm going to quickly run down through 21 to 32, all right? 21, Trevor Lawrence, as I mentioned before. 22, Jimmy Garoppolo. 23, Carson Wentz. 24, Jameis Winston or Tyson Hill. 25, Justin Fields. 26, Jared Goff. 27, Cam Newton. 28, Sam Darnold, Carolina Panthers. 29, Tua Tungvaloa, Dolphins. 30, Zach Wilson, 31, Jalen Hurts, 32, Drew Locke. So, AJ, when you hear the rest of that list, where do you want to start? I, I don't have any issue with it. I mean, I mean, we could we could dick over details about who should be 
maybe up a place or two. But outside of that top 20, those names that you just called from 21 to 32, I don't have an issue with any of them being there, especially after that. And, and you know, uh, again, too, I, I've, I've, I've been one to defend Carson Wentz, but after what after the, the foolishness that he was playing last season, I can't even concoct any sort of way to, to suggest that he should be in the top 20. So he's where he belongs. I think that everyone else is where they belong as well. Yeah, um, in in that lower segment, essentially. So, I I don't have too much of an. This one needs to call. I'm trying to. I, I I don't feel like I have much of an issue with anything there. That that's the honest truth. I I don't think that anyone there should be. In the top twenty. I mean, I in terms, I I don't care to to go over the details about who should be like not from, from 32 to, to 30 or 29 or whatever, no. but the, the, that, the rest of them, that, that, that quote, that, that um, section right there, yeah, to me, they're good at where they are. I have to disagree, and I'm not going to rant today. I'm going to keep it under control. However, let's, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start for me, where I think the biggest issue is. Now, remember, we just talked about um, Ben Roethlisberger being at 16, being way too high. Big Ben belongs in this bottom group, for sure, without a doubt. Now, <laughs> tell me, how is it that Trevor Lawrence, who has not yet taken a snap in the NFL, is ranked 21st above all of these other experienced quarterbacks, especially the ones who have had some measure of success in the league. What is this based on? Him throwing to wide open receivers at Clemson? Really? Is that what we're doing? Okay. Let it don't care. Keep it under control. So, as you may mention of Carson Wentz at 23, I'm not going to split hairs where that is concerned because Wentz was terrible for a lot of last season. However, because they put them together, I can probably give some leeway. However, Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston, who's thrown for over 5,000 yards in the league, yes, he has an interception problem which is a big problem. But you're going to tell me that Jameis Winston is the 24th ranked quarterback behind Trevor Lawrence, behind Jimmy Garoppolo, behind Ben Roethlisberger and Ray Fitzpatrick. That is an insult to Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston should be above all of those. Now, like I said, if you're going to say that because you're putting, we don't know yet, who is going to be assigned the starter role in New Orleans. So you're saying it's going to be him or Taysom Hill. So maybe Jameis gets pulled down because, Jim, because Taysom Hill might be thing, or Taysom Hill gets propped up a bit because, no, if it was Taysom Hill, I would have no problem with him being like number 28 or 29. I don't have, I would not have an issue about that because Taysom Hill has not shown us that he can properly quarterback a team in the NFL. But Jameis Winston has. He's gotten the butts. I th- correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's had at least one playoff game in his resume with the Buccaneers. I cannot remember for sure. I may be speaking 
I am speaking subject to correction, but Jameis Winston has been an above average passer, although he tends to pass the ball to the other team. So Jameis Winston at 24, no, definitely not. And definitely not behind the ones that are going above him. Daniel Jones at 20. Seriously? You're telling me that Daniel Jones is a better quarterback than Jameis Winston? Anyhow, enough on Jameis. So Justin Fields is at 25 and Jared Goff is at 26. AJ, you mean to tell me as low as we have been on Goff, that Justin Fields, who has the stigma of an Ohio State quarterback coming into the league, going to Chicago, who has not been managing their quarterback situation well at all, that you're putting him above Jared Goff, even though he has gone to a brand new situation in Detroit? Madness. I don't agree with that either. And then, all right, Cam at 27, fine. Sam Darnold, 28, he hasn't proven anything. But you can tell me that Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts and Drew Locke are going to be below Zach Wilson, who's, again, never taken. Yeah, Drew Locke, nah, Drew Locke, I don't, Drew Locke deserves to be where he is. Huh? You tell me Drew Locke was 32, right? Yes, he's 32. Right. He, he deserves every, every piece of that. Sorry, go ahead. How, how does he deserve every piece of that? Oh, what what the, really can we can we can sit down here and, and have a conversation about Drew Lock? Yes, let's have a conversation about Drew Lock. Because what, is, what what has Drew Lock done? Do you do you you remember the conversation that we had? And and I said this in the group as well. When when um the Broncos drafted Jerry Judy, and I was like, geez, I don't want this boy to go down there and 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 end up um getting tossed about. With, with Drew Locke, you know, this this is not good for him, you know. You, you, were you in the group when I said that? You remember when, I, when we, when I, I said that? So, yeah. mm-hmm. Ken, we talked, like, Drew Locke has done, and, and since then, Drew Locke has, has not even made me a liar. Drew Locke at 32 is, is where he's supposed to be. What has he done? What has he done? He doesn't show the, the, the IQ required to, to, to um, be a starting quarterback, in my opinion. He's very inconsistent with his throws. Even even his mechanics are off. Like is, I, I I I I I do. Does Drew Lock make you want to watch Broncos football? Second half of games, yes. First half, no. We can we can skip the first half of the game and just tune in in the second half. Remember, I made the point that Drew Lock Drew Lock is like the new version of. Uh, what's his name? Philip Rivers, mm. who is down two scores in the last two minutes and have to drive the length of the field. Drew Lock, his play puts them in problems at the beginning of games. But he plays, they get down two and a half touchdowns, and all of a sudden, Drew Lock suddenly looks like a pro bowler. He, he gets the ball around. Drew Lock was looking relatively decent, early in the season before he got injured. Then he came back and, well, yeah, I I do not have Drew Locke and the Denver Broncos receiving core and everything. Maybe take all of that into consideration. That is not a worst starting quarterback in the league situation. To me, the Jets are still going to be below that. So I can't... The Jets, okay. So I can't put Drew Locke below there. We have heard of all the conversation about Tua Tangovaloa and how the Dolphins may or may not be convinced about him or whatever. So you have Tua. Tua is sitting at 29. 
All right, so he's fourth from bottom. But how bad must you be for Jenner if you're Jenner Hurts that Tua, Zach Wilson are above you? So, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I'm denying that some of them questionable. Uh, and just to go back a bit with regards to your James Winston take, I, I guess for me it wasn't that big of an issue because I feel like that has a lot to do with the fact that he was not a starter last year. So, I, I mean, and, and then you, you did allude to the fact that as of now, we don't know who your starting quarterback is for this season. I mean, for all intents and purposes, it should be James Winston. Yes. But, but, but there is, there is that, that asterisk. There is James, is it James or Taysom Hill? For right now, since nothing has, uh, has officially um, been, been um, brought to light, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I guess for me that's why I, I I don't I don't see his ranking here as a reflection of his his skill level or talent at the position. For me, it was just more of a case of him not being a starter last season, which is why I think he's ranked so low. I, to, to be quite honest, if as long as he starts this year, I expect him to have a higher ranking for next year. That 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 was just it for me with, with regards to him. So I I. And you know, I like to knock James. You know, you know, I, I criticize James every now and then. But this, this, this wasn't even a case to me of of them being a bit too harsh. I, I just think it was all right. He wasn't starting last year, so I kind of understand him being below certain people and still being above Drew Lock. That makes sense. It still makes sense to be yes. above Drew Lock, though. Yeah, for sure. There's no question about <laughs> James versus Drew Lock. But I mean, yeah. all right, so I take your point where mm-hmm. it's a possibility that because he was not a starter, that they did you know downgrade him a bit. But I'm looking back at the list. We have Justin Fields at 25. Who up oh, until these rookies, this point is the rookies that is the rookies that have you it's not just the rookies, <laughs> you know. It is not just the rookies because I had, remember I said, I had big issue about Ben. And I will, right, yeah, if yeah. Jameis is starting, Jameis is a better quarterback this season coming than Ben Roethlisberger for me. However, when you take um, Justin Fields at 25, who, as of this taping, is supposed to be the backup. He is not supposed to be the starter for this season. So Andy Dalton is not mentioned at all, who used to be the Mendoza lane. Andy Dalton used to be the quarterback that used to be run about 16, 17, so that you say that if you had a quarterback better than him, as I, as I said before, if you had one better than him, you had a quarterback, and if you had one worse than him, you need to get one. Get one. <laughs> so yeah. Dalton is nowhere to be found. His backup is on the list. So, so, fair, so fair. what are we talking about here? And his that's, backup that's, is in. That's a fair point. Yeah, his backer is is the quarterback that again is is higher than Cam Newton. Okay, Cam has had his issues with his mechanics and his throwing, but apparently he's been working on it during the offseason. He's had an extra year now. He should hopefully be better, but the the expectation is I've seen somewhere that Matt Jones they have him slowly starting somewhere around week five. So for at least they don't really think then that Cam is going to be that good going into the season. They expect him to be yanked by week five. However, at this point, Matt Jones is not on the list. 
But Justin Fields is on the list, and he's one rank below Tyson, uh, behind James Winston. Nah, I don't see it. I don't see it, and I don't agree with it. No, these guys are pro football focused. They're supposed to know better than us because they're supposed to be watching all the tape. They're supposed to be crunching all the numbers. Whereas we will watch the game, we'll watch some highlights, and then we'll come here and talk about it and say if we thought this guy was good or this guy was bad. I don't know how they get this list put together. One through thirty-two. The, the one thing I don't have a core, I have no problem with is who's at number one. After that, then it's a whole big toss-up. You know how these men are. These men, PFF, they, they love to drum up some good conversation, and and here we are right now. This 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 is this is what they do, though. It is true. It is true. But I expect that these rankings will change. They will move around a bit coming into the season, especially as you know we get into preseason and the. Lineups, the rosters, the depth charts, you know, become a lot clearer because at this point, teams have rosters, I think, about 90 players. And of those 90, they have to then cut it down to 53. So Marquise Lee will not be the only person looking for a job. (laughs) And we will have lots of people to speak about in the weeks ahead. So that was, that's what, in this case, they said for this week. So AJ, this time it is your turn to give us our final thought. And I will not give you any long preamble, sir. The floor is yours. So my final thought this week is in in, in light of, of recent developments in the league, I, I need to make an impassioned plea to my team. This, this is what this is going to be about, Ken, this week. This is, I'm, I'm coming from a very humble place this week. Uh, I, I, what, what needs to happen is the Patriots need to acquire Julio Jones at, at, at whatever the cost. I don't care. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care about the Nelson Aguilars and the John Smiths and who else, who else are we bringing? And the Kendrick Bournes. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Listen, I, and I've, I'm on record here saying that for me, Devontae Adams is my personal favorite receiver in this league, right? However, when you're having that conversation about who is the best receiver in the league, in my opinion, there are three, there are three main names that come up. One is Devontae, two is um, DeAndre, Nuke. Then the other one is Julio Jones. He's regarded by many as, as, as the best receiver in this league in terms of the overall talent that he possesses, the skill level, the skill set, and everything, right? L- listen, playmakers like this do not become available every day. I don't care what it takes. Quintoris Lopez Jones needs to be a New England Patriot by the start of next season. I don't care. Look, get him to the Greek. Whatever it takes, I don't care who you have to trade, who you have to cut. Get this man to, to, the, to the Patriots by next season. We need him. I mean, to be quite honest, there are 31 teams in this league who should be trying to get Julio Jones, right? We are need to be the ones to, to, to land this man. We need to, listen, we need, we need Julio Jones. I, look, the, 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 the ferocity with which uh, um, Bill approached the, the, the offseason, I, I love it. It, it it was it was it was a sight to see. I love I, I love to see you know just the fact that yeah he he grabbed the bull by the horns and he attacked it. I love it. 
but this is a different kettle of fish we're talking about here. Like I said, don't care nothing about no, uh, Aguilors and all kind of thing. Like, cut these men if you have to. If 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 we don't have cap space, make some. Get Julio <laughs> Jones to, to Foxborough and make it happen immediately, forthwith. That's all I have to say this week. <laughs> it's interesting that you're telling them to, to, to make cap space as if they could go in the yard and dig it up the ground, you know, with a shovel. Something could happen. Something has to... Uh, like I said... Every, every team in this league should be trying to get Julio, Ken. Every team in this league. If, if, if you don't have, if, if you're, you're not, or if you're in cap trouble and you don't have a cap space, you have to make something work. With, the, with this kind of talent, nah, you need to, you need to be doing something. Or we definitely need to be doing something as well. That's the point. I don't, don't care about all these other boys that we bring in. I know Bill has a next man up mentality, but nah, in, a, in, in more recent seasons, We've seen him try to go for um, receiver receiver talent. We went for AB. We went for um, Josh Gordon. Remember, we we had a roster with AB and Josh and Flash. You know, you remember this? Yes, I remember that. That fizzled out so quickly, right? But no, you know what? This is the time has come again. Show show us what you have, Bill. Show us what you got. This is the, this is the makeup for not drafting DK. Get me Julio. <laughs> Get me yeah, Julio. But- you that that DK one will burn you forever. Forever, forever, forever. Yeah, that's that's right up there with uh, you getting um, what's his name? You running back? You just cut as opposed to picking that Nick Chubb. Sony Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the same school, you know. I went to the same school, you know. Yes. I don't understand how this happened, boy. Uh, I mean, it was unfortunate. We should see. We should see. We can we, we can package your final your final thought and send it straight to um, Bill's desk so he can hear it. And, and yeah, I I, I, for, for sure he needs to hear it. He needs to hear it. Bill needs to understand. Now this is this is really serious though. This is really serious. Bill needs to understand how serious this is. This is not <laughs> we, we cannot we cannot cannot sit sit by idly and allow him to go to another team. And, and the fact of the matter is the, the Atlanta Falcons, as we mentioned earlier, are not going to want to trade him in the NFC. Bill, make this happen. Make this happen. We need this. We need this. Good. Yeah, the stars, the stars seem to be aligning for you to get some, some more receiver help. All right, folks. Well, that brings us to the end of another Green Beige podcast this week. As always, you can find us everywhere but Apple Podcasts. So hopefully, you know, we will be there someday. When? Whenever they decide to let me in and I can actually complete or um, sign it up on Apple Podcasts. But of course, rate us, review us wherever you find us. Give us five stars, help us to grow and make sure to tell a friend. As always, that is AJ. He is the green. I am Ken. I am the beige. And we will see you next time.